2: Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
1: Imagine you ask two people the same seven questions. I'm Minnie Driver, and this was the idea I set out to explore in my podcast, Mini Questions. This year, we bring a whole new group of guests to answer the same seven questions, including Courtney Cox, Rob Delaney, Liz Fair, and many, many more. Join me on Season 3 of Mini Questions on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Seven questions, limitless answers.
3: Let's talk about vision. And when I say vision, I'm not talking about some guy doing LASIK surgery in a van down by the river. I mean looking at the future and doing something positive to affect it. And that's why I was happy to hear Governor Brown's vision for high-speed rail. That is
4: from the original ad campaign to pitch the bullspit train. The Crony Express, the regular speed train, the Brown Doggle. That's comedian Will Durst. And for a long time, we'd get hired by various big government spending programs to, in a dryly regular guy and somewhat amusing way, get you to vote for S that you should never vote for. We actually worked with Will briefly in our, our long career, Jack and I. Jack will be back soon. He's, he's out today, take care of uh, uh, the family. But uh, one score and no years ago. The Armstrong and Getty Show began, and at one point we worked with Will Durst, who's a hell of a nice fellow. Um, never found him terribly funny. Uh, the only uh, the only uh, other Will Durst thought is that I I would be willing to to write all sorts of dryly funny regular guy crap for you if you want to hire me. I'd prefer not to you know work in favor of things that are abhorrent. Like gigantic government spending that's utterly needless and incredibly wasteful. Yeah, give me another chunk of that commercial, Michael, because let's get into the nitty gritty, because our, our theme is lying liars and the lies they lie.
3: As with any project of this scope, there are problems to overcome, but we can do this. You know, in 1939, naysayers called the proposed interstate highway system New Deal jitterbug economics. In 1966, some called the planned BART system a billion-dollar fiasco. There will always be skeptics. Heck, some people would vote against sunshine and hugs.
4: Ah, ah. So if anybody ever opposed a good idea, that's proof that anybody who opposes any idea is wrong. Ah
3: Plus the sunshine and hugs think oh boy, only a mean old idiot would oppose this. We need a fast, green, inviting way to move around California. Are we going to let this great project be sunk by the naysayers or elevated by the visionaries? It's time to do the right thing, put people to work now, and build something momentous for our future.
4: From an unbelievably long piece in the Weekly Standard, which I'm going to read all of and highlight eventually, I was going to uh, prep it for today's show. And but
5: that I- thing for our future is a choo-choo train. <laughs>
4: yeah, exactly. It's the <laughs> technology of the 1800s. Um. Well, I won't get in the more specifics, but anyway, I was about—I was going to print out this story and highlight it and get it ready for you, but it's 32 pages long.
3: Oh.
4: Yeah, that's that's, that's that's not a that's a short book, and so I just grabbed one excerpt from it from uh, Charlotte Allen, "The Bullet Train to Nowhere," which is a piece in the Weekly Standard. Uh, Tony actually sent this specific quote along. Tony, well done. Uh, oh, and, and as long as I'm throwing out various tangents, if you ever want to contribute, if you see something we ought to be talking about, or something's near and dear to your heart, or you want to agree or disagree, or whatever, you can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. That's mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. But anyway, here's uh, from uh, Charlotte Allen's piece. Prop 1A made certain promises of nearly magical specificity that the trains would operate at speeds of at least 200 miles an hour. That the maximum travel time between Los Angeles's downtown Union Station and the Transbay Transit Center in San Francisco would be exactly two hours and 40 minutes. That trains would be running in either direction every five minutes. That state taxpayers would be on the hook only to re- repay principal and interest on the bonds. That no proceeds would be spent until federal and private investment had kicked in. And that the entire operating cost of the train would be paid for via passenger fares, then estimated to be about $50 per person, which is a... Great bargain for two hours and 40 minutes, L.A. to San Francisco? It's fantastic! But there was a great deal of specificity. And and perhaps the most important of those several points that Charlotte trots out is that no proceeds would be spent until federal and private investment had kicked in. That was the... First and greatest of the lies and frauds perpetrated on the people of California. And again, if you don't live in California, I am telling you, know this stuff. Recognize it. See how it works. Because in spite of that astoundingly stark and undeniable violation of the law, the thing continues to spend money. Because government gets its own momentum and they have so many lawyers and there's so many public special interests that are profiting from this thing, it's impossible to kill. But getting back to the original, this was from the uh, Voter Guide in 2008. When there was a flood to the polls of young, starry-eyed, optimistic people who thought, wow, the first black president would bring enormous healing to the country and a show of how we're a new country and say goodbye to our racist past and the rest of it. And I have sympathy for that point of view. And Barack Obama was also a, a, a charming and persuasive man and a great public speaker and the rest of it. So a lot of people came to the polls, and that's one of the reasons this thing passed. But to the voter guide, in favor of Prop 1A, it will bring Californians a safe, convenient, affordable, and reliable alternative to soaring gasoline prices, freeway congestion, rising airfares, plummeting airline service, and fewer flights available. I have like eight options every time I go from Southern California to Northern California or vice versa. I mean like eight that day per airline. So I don't know what the hell they're talking about. But that's, you know, that's that's an argument An opinion more than a statement of fact, which is what I want to concentrate on. Prop 1A is a $9.95 billion bond measure for an 800-mile high-speed train network that will relieve 70 million passenger trips a year that now clog California's highways and airports without raising taxes. So 70 million passenger trips a year, one of many estimates of ridership, fares, The uh, gas prices they they relied on for the math that were exposed to be hilariously, wildly exaggerated and inaccurate. Here's what you are voting for, California. Electric-powered high-speed trains running up to 220 miles an hour on modern track. Well, yeah, very, very little of it. Routes linking downtown stations in San Diego, Los Angeles, Fresno, San Jose, San Francisco, and Sacramento with stops in communities between. Well, sorry, San Diego, you're out. Sacramento, you're out. Now they're just talking uh, L.A. to San Francisco. And they'll spend nearly a billion dollars to beef up commuter rail systems that connect. Prop 1A will save time and money. Travel from L.A. to San Francisco in about two and a half hours for about $50 per person. Again, that two and a half hour figure is never going to happen. Never, ever, ever, ever going to happen. Because, uh, I mean, we're already looking at $100 billion if they build this thing. If they were to acquire the land necessary to install high-speed rail tracks in the metropolitan areas as opposed to the current plan, which is now just use regular train tracks for a substantial amount of the trip. If they were to spend that money, that $100 billion would go up, who God knows, $150, $200 billion. So that's a huge lie. With gasoline prices today, a driver of a 20 miles per gallon car would spend about $87 and six hours on such a trip. Well, there's a clear advantage. Um, they talk about the amount of uh, pollution to remove from the air. You know, maybe that's arguable. I don't know. I'm sure it's exaggerated, but... um. Here's here's the beautiful part. Proposition 1A will protect taxpayer interests, public oversight and detailed independent review of financing plans at every stage. Yeah, there's been public oversight and independent review, and they have found the project to be fraudulent. And the budget is now, what, seven times what it was, and it's not even begun. Matching private and federal funding to be identified before state bond funds are spent. There is no private funding. What they've done is twisted the language and tortured the language so that if some company says, "Uh, yeah, we'll grade the roadway for you if you'll pay us. All right. They've tried to identify that as private involvement and investment. There's no private company investing in this thing, except in the very short term, because they can profit by the money being spent by the government. But in terms of investment in the true sense of the word, yes, this will be a profitable train line. I want a piece of the action. Nobody, nobody, nobody. And remember, federal funding has to be there. Obama managed to get a little bit out of Congress, but very, very little. And it's dried up. It's practically gone. There is no federal funding because it's a boondoggle. It's a fraud, but they've violated that part of the trust with voters. 90% of the bond funds to be spent on system construction, not more studies, plans, and engineering activities. Yeah, that's just fictional. Uh, the most cost-efficient construction segments to have the highest priority. That means, yeah, in the middle of nowhere, but that's just a smart strategy because uh, for people who don't understand the uh, the good money after bad principle that people are persuaded by well we already spent 27 billion of it to connect a a walnut grove outside of Bakersfield to a different walnut grove outside of Fresno so we already spent that money so we really have to keep going that is a that is a false argument never fall fall for that it's called throwing good money after bad Vote yes on Prop 1A to improve mobility and inject new vitality into California's economy by creating 160,000 jobs, blah, 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 blah. These are American jobs that cannot be outsourced. So, in short, this less than $10 billion bond measure has grown to a bare minimum $80 billion boondoggle with no private investment, no federal funding, not reaching the speeds the idea that it'll be self-sustainable by fifty-dollar fares is hilarious. Every single aspect of this was a lie. A lot of people knew it was a lie when they passed it. It was just a chance to get giant government spending going um, by the unions and and the big government fans and the rest of it. But every single aspect of this was a lie, and uh, the public opinion polls are way against it, heavily, heavily f- freighted against, favored or you know weighted against it and it can't be killed there is hardly a single aspect of this thing that is or was truthful and yet it goes on mostly because a lot of people in california hated george bush so they just reflexively vote democrat now Um, but you get the government you vote for Just want to apologize to the kids and grandkids sorry we did our best Yeah, it's something else later. or next one. You know. It's enough bitching about the bullet train. Really ought to organize some sort of giant, wildly enthusiastic march. The capital that teeters on the edge of mayhem. I'm not a window breaker. How about bending a road sign? No, that's kind of violence. No, nah, I won't have that. Don't bend any road signs. Stressed out college students can opt out of their anti stress class if they're too stressed by it. That's a real thing coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Armstrong and Getty.
2: The conscience of the nation.
4: The Armstrong and Getty Show. All right, I said I was done with the bullet train, but I'm a liar. I came across a piece by old friend of the Armstrong and Getty Show, Chris Reed, um, in the San Diego Union Tribune. Is he still, does he still do some radio stuff? Mike? No? That's, okay. Good. Uh, we ought to talk to him again. He's working for a competing station. He's a good writer, though. I love his piece in the Union Tribune. When was this? Oh, it's not too long ago. Um, how Theranos and the California bullet train are peas in a pod. He talks about uh, the Elizabeth Holmes' uh, fraud that was Theranos that fell apart recently. we talked about that a fair amount, and it started in 2002. It was also in 2002, Gray Davis signed a bill that got the whole uh, bullet train farce going. It ended up in the ballot in 2008 because of various uh, delays. Voters ended up approving a bond measure for a third of the total cost of $33 billion, which is now at least tripled. This year, Theranos Collapse has homes well on her way to being remembered as one of the greatest charlatans to emerge from the world of business. And California's bullet train project lumbers ahead despite having no prospects for adequate funding to complete an initial segment with a chance of attracting riders. Instead, the first segment of the now $77 billion project, at least, is expected to end in a rural almond orchard a half hour from the nearest population center. But even though dire problems with the California High-Speed Rail Authority have been apparent for much longer than with Theranos, the authority is treated like a disappointment, not a pariah. Given how the parallels between the entities go back far beyond their 2002 origin stories, this doesn't make sense. The first parallel has to do with how each has been characterized by dishonesty from the start. Then he, you know, uh, outlines uh, Theranos and its lies. In the bullet train's case, the dishonest catnip was a confident assertion made by Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger, Arnold the Disappointment Schwarzenegger, and other supporters of Prop 1A, that it would be easy to come up with the additional billions of dollars needed to complete the SF to LA route. Yet the rail authority knew in real time this wasn't true. It was supposed to release a business plan by October 1, 2008, five weeks before the election. That would, in theory, reassure voters that the project's finances were solid. Instead, blaming the delayed adoption of a state budget, the authority said in late October that it couldn't quite release the business plan until just after the election. When the business plan was finally released, the authority itself identified the problem that has haunted the project forever, ever since. And I quote, Uh, The authority issued a request for expressions of interest as an effort to gauge private sector interest in participating in a joint funding arrangement for the high-speed rail uh, train project. Interest was strong, especially among many construction firms, system and equipment providers, financial institutions, etc. Most private firms responding made it clear that they would need both financial and political commitments from the state officials that government would share their risks to their participation. What does financial and po- political commitment from state officials to share the risks mean? Writes again the excellent Chris Reed. It means the state would have to promise investors that if the project didn't live up to revenue or ridership forecasts, subsidies would be provided. Sub- such such subsidies were explicitly banned in Prop One A. But instead of sharing this wisdom, before fifty three percent of state of voters, state voters approved the ballot measure. Only fifty three. The rail authority kept this fact to itself. Nearly 10 years later, with no investors in sight, this hiding of the truth isn't a footnote. It's the bullet train's shameful original sin. It goes on from there. That's But that's really well put and extremely true. Anyway, okay, that's enough. Anyway, oh and 2. A little transition music, Michael? Would you be so kind? That'd just be peachy. 2, 3, 4. What do I got? A tippy or something? Here, am I still up? To-
5: we have a nice selection of transition music. Oh, I so you're picking sure. your favorite? Yeah, I said
4: that's fine. Don't worry about it. Oh, I'm in such a hurry these days. It's time to slow down. Smell the rose. Can I still uh, play audio from my uh, my console over here? Because this could be our our transition music too. I mean, it's uh, it's the 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 smash hit song everybody's talking about. Uh- <laughs> right now we can move on so this proposed boycott of in and out it's stupid it won't go anywhere probably shouldn't even give it the the time of day but it's such a beautiful example of progressive politics these days some uh, chick tweets uh oh i hope i'm not (laughs) oh no i'm about to get paywalled um In-N-Out Burgers, even with lettuce, are really made by Republican donors. Time to boycott. Here's another one. No more for me. I refuse to spend money at any firm that donates money to the Republican Party or any Republican candidate. So In-N-Out Burger just gave $25,000 to the Republican Party. I've successfully boycotted fast food chains before, and I intend to do it again. What do you mean you've successfully boycotted them? You stopped going? Good. Me too, because I didn't want to get fat. Boycott successful. They really felt (laughs) that one. (laughs) Yeah. So the idea is you are so astounded that anybody has any interest in the other political party you're not in that you think they should be put out of business. Or you're convinced that the other party is so inherently densely evil that nobody could possibly support them. You are mentally ill. You don't understand how this country works. You're an angry adolescent. Go get some acne cream and act like an adult, you morons. Marshall, what's in the news? We got a non-T newscast,
5: but an important warning for American drivers coming up. Oh, we're all drivers. Stay tuned. Armstrong and
4: get it. So I'm driving my new old pickup the other day that I flew to Boise to get and drove yep. drove back, and uh, it started to do something weird as I was driving to the hardware store uh, to get some sort of manly manly repair item. Oh, you know what I got at the hardware store? What's I got that? a new wheelbarrow with two front wheels. Dude. Looks like a rugged working out the doors wheelbarrow, but right. it has two front wheels best thing ever balance way more stable yeah much less exhausting to use and they're, oh it's the greatest thing ever anyway so I'm uh, I'm on my way to the hardware store and my truck starts to act a little weird like uh, the the powers not getting to the drivetrain right I think oh man that bastard sold me a truck with a bad tranny so uh it's transmission folks it's not a reference right. to transsexual right. Americans Um. And so I, I, I clicked around, and I found a, a local shop. I think they got a couple locations. And I brought it in, and they said, all right, we'll check it out for you. And then they called me a day later. They said, you know what? Your transmission's great. It's perfect. It wasn't a transmission problem. Right. Uh, blah, blah, blah. You might try this, blah, blah, blah. So I go, and I pick up my truck, and uh, I say, hey, thanks. You guys are as honest as, as I heard, because transmission repair is a huge scam oh, yeah. hotbed, Right. And so I said, uh, thanks. You guys are every bit as honest as as I'd heard you were. appreciate it. What do I owe you for the diagnostic and the testing and all? I said, nothing. Nothing. What? Right? Wow. Those are great. Oh, my God. I I, I find myself wanting to have transmission problems. Right. Because I want to reward them
5: for being the way they are. So what was wrong with it? I don't know. You were out of gas. <laughs> I'm,
4: you know what? <laughs> yeah. I may, it's got the guy, one of the guys Winter who owned it, was running low. <laughs> yeah. one of the guys who owned it was uh, a, a fellow of uh, Mexican descent, which doesn't really matter the story, except that he customized it in various ways, so uh. it's kind of snazzy looking. It's snazzier looking than I would ever do, um, but the price was right, etc. And he put in a custom transmission shifter, and right. I think I may have bumped it. In okay. a weird way Because okay. it doesn't lock Like some do But anyway um, if You know I used to live In Caucasian Acres Now I live In Whitebread Bread Heights um, <laughs> Those of you Who have a decent idea Of where I live If you want a recommendation For a transmission place Email me Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com I'll recommend These, these folks to you Good people. It wasn't your flux capacitator. (laughs) It's capacitor. (laughs) Marshall Phillips
5: has the news. Marsh, what's up? All right, we got a warning for American drivers today. The National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's warning people who are still driving cars on the Takata Airbag recall list. This is the largest auto recall ever. And there are 37 million of the cars still on the road.
4: 30 mil, still not replaced. Right. Wow. Feds are saying that... uh, These are the airbags that will take out your eye if you're lucky. They kill people.
5: Yep. Uh, Particularly dangerous in the western states where you have hotter weather and uh, in some areas it's a lot more humid. That can add to the danger of the Takata airbag inflator going off Sending deadly shrapnel into the passenger compartment. So again, they are urging people, if you are driving one of those cars in the recall list, get it taken care of as fast as possible. Boy, it does not take a
4: ton of contact to make your airbag go off. No. And the horror, the injustice, the absurdity. Of you're in a minor fender bender, but right. your airbag goes off and you're maimed? Yeah. Or or, or worse? Right. Oh, my God. So how do I find out if
5: I'm on the list? Go and uh, you, I think you go to the uh, Takata re, uh, uh, airbag. I'm sure if
4: you uh, Google,
5: yeah, Google airbag recall, right. you'll find your way there. Right. Or you can also call your dealership and they should be able to tell you as well. A British cave diving expert who helped rescue the 12 Thai boys and their soccer coach who were trapped in that cave last month is getting ready to file a libel suit against Elon Musk after the Tesla CEO suggested he's a pedophile.
4: Don't we all from time to time suggest somebody is a
5: pedophile on global social media? BuzzFeed reporting a letter was sent out to Musk early this month from a law firm representing the driver, Vernon Unsworth, threatening a libel suit if Musk doesn't correct the record. Musk's attack came after Unsworth had been critical In an interview of the mini-sub Musk had designed and brought to Thailand to potentially help reach the boys, saying it had, quote, absolutely no chance of working, and saying Musk should,
4: quote, stick his submarine where it hurts. That was unnecessarily bitchy. That was very, very bitchy. And he's a British expat living in Thailand. Right. And Elon, I don't think this is a coincidence, was in the midst of what he's been talking about lately. Working way too much and sleeping way too little. Right. Musk tweeted
5: the pedo guy pedophile charge in response, but after a backlash, he deleted the tweets. He apologized, saying his actions uh, against me did not justify my actions against him. However, Musk was at it again earlier this week when a journalist brought up the pedo guy attack as an example of Musk saying things that aren't true these days. Musk answered, Well, you don't think it's strange he hasn't sued me. He was offered free legal services. Oh, boy. It is unclear whether Musk had seen the letter from Unsworth's attorney when he made those comments. Boy, who among us
4: doesn't wish Elon Musk would call us a pedophile? I mean, that settlement... Is yeah. this the, uh, I'll write you check, to walk-away amount? It's going to be more than most folks make in a year. Yep, indeed. Hey, we have a new study out of Canada that found that people who indulge in lots
5: of uh, both red meat and cheese tend to live longer. Particularly yes. people who had 120 grams of unprocessed meat and three portions of dairy each day. Unprocessed meat. Yes, unprocessed meat. Right from the cow. Those eating... Walk out into
4: the field with a sharp knife and a steady hand.
5: Those eating this kind of diet... Saw their chances of a fatal heart attack drop by more than 20%. 20%. That's
4: interesting. I try to steer clear of the red meat as much as I can. I'm kind of doing the Mediterranean thing. Oh, no, I love cheese. Yeah, I do too. I love the cheese. Washed down with a little Vino marsh. It's the good things in life. Am I wrong?
5: Not at all. We get a limited Not run. Well, you
4: got to enjoy yourself.
5: Indeed. All right. Study out of Canada. So we all know the Canadians know what they're talking about when it comes to cheese. Oh, for sure. At yeah. your news, I'm Marshall Phillips, the Armstrong and Getty Show, the
4: conscience of the nation. Well, Canada's like uh, Wisconsin, but more so. Much more so. Of so, of course, they know about cheese. Yeah.
5: Are we still uh, feuding with Canada these days? Oh, Oh, and how? Yeah, we've got the uh, whole trade war. Never Uh,
4: turn your back on a uh, Canuck. uh.
5: Oh, by the way, Trump has given the Canadians till tomorrow to get in on a trade deal. Till tomorrow? Yep. Seems a little hasty, (laughs) doesn't (laughs) it? (laughs) You gotta get in on a deal let us know by tomorrow. Well, never (laughs) give a Canadian time to
4: think. (laughs) This is the other expression I like to throw around. (laughs) Duplicitous bastards. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man, these are odd times. All right, the petering out is coming up in a moment or two. Stay with us. It's the Armstrong and Getty Show.
1: Armstrong and
0: Getty.
1: The conscience of the nation.
4: the nation.
3: The Armstrong and Getty Show.
4: So, first a brief uh, cavalcade of audio. Our theme being chill sports announcers. Do we have Vin Scully first? In the very, very short list of the greatest baseball broadcasters ever. Vin Scully.
2: And who do you think is the richest person in Venezuela? The daughter of Hugo Chavez. Hello. Anyway,
4: 0-2. Man, I love listening to baseball on the radio. Just the weaving in and out of stories and thoughts and the rest of it. And there's a fly ball, right? Um, so, Vin, indulging in political theory between pitches in a very chill manner. But what if an earthquake should strike?
2: So I just had a little, uh, little rolling earthquake here. On two. <laughs> out to right center. Trap. Move it over. What? the one we had at uh, Dodger Stadium? Probably that one well. That
4: was a uh, pretty good trembler. <laughs> you know, I credit the right fielder for hauling in a fly ball as the earth is moving. That's good. That's advanced stuff right there. That's funny. Play that one more time.
2: So, just that little, uh, little rolling earthquake here. On two. Out to right center, oh. Trout, move it over. <laughs> we had it uh, at Dodger Stadium. That one well, that was a uh, pretty good trouble.
4: So the most cool and collected among us, certainly our combat veterans and our baseball announcers, and then you have, by contrast, government
3: officials. And there was the earthquake! 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 We're experiencing earthquake. Earthquake! Please. Still happening.
4: <laughs> Not a single. Oh, that's the short version.
5: I wanted the whole magilla. Not even, not a single person in that room would have been able to catch a fly ball with, a, with the earth please. A rumbling.
4: Please. They had to wet their uniform pants, run into the dugout like cowards. I didn't realize we even had a short version of that. Well, that's okay. Yeah. Clucking like chickens. Earthquake. We're experiencing an earthquake, please.
3: Still happening. I like
4: okay.
5: that. There was
3: the earthquake. 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 We're experiencing an earthquake, please. Still happening.
5: I like how the baseball announcers too. They do the full Indiana or the Crocodile Dundee. That was that wasn't an earthquake. I remember L.A. Now that was a trembler.
4: Sure. Anyway, <laughs> Jones comes up to the plate. He's two for three tonight, having a good night, Jim. Yes, he is. Oh, there's an aftershock, and misses outside. Uh, yeah, that's great. So, you <laughs> know, uh, you know. Long story short, my my point is that baseball announcers should be in charge of the United States government. Clearly, as they are are the best among us. So uh, in the waning moments of the show, uh, a couple of thoughts, as this is the last uh, live show of our first 20 years of doing talk radio, which is astonishing to me. Jack made the point yesterday off the air, we were chatting about it, that the human mind can't really comprehend the passage of time. Unless, you know, some of you may have one of those one in a million photographic memories or you'd never forget anything or whatever, just because I think it would make most of us insane. And, uh, you know, I remember the very, very beginning of us doing the show. And, right. you know, we did radio for a while before. Um, And and I certainly remember the show today. But the rest of it's just all a blur of showing up for work, you know, and, and trying to do the best show we can. And, and we've been very fortunate to be able to do this job for as long as we have, because it's really, really fun to do. It's also a, a big, fat pain in the butt. And I... Hate getting up early in the morning. Uh, I mostly, you know, what I hate is I hate missing out on the stuff that happens at night. Yeah, just because yeah. I'm an eight hour day guy, and and something's got to give sooner or later. Right. I mean, in terms of sleep, I mean, mm-hmm. um, but it, that's just that's the downside, and everything in life has a downside. And if I ever actually start complaining, somebody slap me good and hard uh because I'll do it.
5: <laughs> <laughs> I'll help. <laughs>
4: Michael will pin my arms down. <laughs> yeah. John will do the slapping. That's yeah. right. Um, it, so, uh, But we have been very lucky, and we sure appreciate the support, whether you just tuned in for the first time this morning or you've been listening for all 20 years, or uh, God bless you, a few of you even longer than that, back in our, our music radio days, which was uh, just, just terrible. Absolutely <laughs> terrible. And, and poverty-stricken, too. Oh, boy. Uh, and I'm, I'm very sorry that Jack couldn't be here today. He's taking care of business, and he will be he will be back promptly um because now would be a good time for uh touching remembrances and then perhaps even saying things to each other that we normally don't say because we're both fairly reserved uh kind of traditional guys right who you know we keep showing up to work together that's enough of an expression of love you know what i mean yep uh, we're not uh, we're not big uh, we're not huggers <laughs> especially jack yeah i was going to say <laughs> um but man it's fun to come in every day and 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 compare notes and, and talk to each other about what's going on in the world. And, um, you know, I'm I'm crazy in love with my wife, as most people know, have listened to the show after all these years. Um, and whenever I experience something really cool or see something beautiful or I take a picture of right. something that I think is a great image or what, I just can't wait to, to show Judy. And, you know, I... You know, God forbid I should ever live a day on this earth without her. I just, I would have, it would take me a long time to figure out how to process the world without thinking, oh, I wonder what Judy thinks or whatever. Right. Well, Jack is my other wife. Every time something really funny happens or I see a story that's amazing or uncover this, this, that, oh my God, the audience needs to hear this. I just can't wait to tell Jack. And I can't wait to hear what he says about it. Right. And, and you know, and, and he's also one of the funniest guys I've ever known. Um uh in and and so it's just been a gas doing this job. And there are days, because this is the way we're made as human beings, that I think, Oh god, can I do something different? <laughs> <laughs> Wouldn't it be amazing to do something else for have a different job or do a different show or something like that? But then, you know, Again, that's the way human human beings are made and occasionally and and I know Jack does this every day. He he counts his blessings before he goes to bed and thinks about them specifically. Um, and I do that myself, uh, especially in terms of this show. It's a it's a privilege. It's a it's a great lucky break. I mean, we work like crazy to make this thing a success, but man, you never know what fate has in store for you. Some idiot executive just decides to fire you for L- ludicrous reasons exactly. which actually happened once on a yeah. friday oh and yeah. by monday they said yeah, yeah uh, no oh, no not so much we, uh, we no no you're not fired we're oh, like oh, wait a minute you specifically <laughs> told us we're fired <laughs> and they said no what you took it that way oh. well yeah because that's what you said <laughs> but then they undid it uh. i said final you say thoughts final thoughts. final thoughts, thoughts. i'm it I'm but that wraps up the first 20 years and the next uh, if we get a couple more months what the hell that'll be a great two months let's get a final thought from everybody to wrap up the show Michelangelo lead us off would you oh,
5: I'll just thank you Joe and I thank Jack as well for putting up with me for 18 years and all of
4: my quirks well you know we're all such strange rangers Michael you know what If any one of us started insisting on perfection from the other ones, I think we'd be called out pretty quickly. But thank you. Uh, Positive Sean, your final thought?
5: As the shortest tenured member of this Isle of Misfit Toys, I am thrilled to be a part of it. Thank you guys so much for bringing me in. Shortest tenured, not much of a future either. Marshall (laughs) Marshall Phillips, our esteemed
4: newsman, your final thought?
5: Well, i got to tell you, I've had a great ride over the years, and uh, being along with you guys for the last 12 and a half has been terrific. It has been a fine bon moment.
4: Thank you. Well, my final thought is some of y'all, and I'm talking to to the folks listening, some of y'all are are weird, sick, angry people, and stay the hell away from me. But a hell of a lot of you are really cool, interesting, insightful, funny people. And every time we run into each other, like the recent uh, Idaho trip and all, I think, wow, I wish a lot of these people were my friends. I mean, like my real life, I see them a lot, friends. uh, Because y'all are great. Except those of you who aren't. You, I hate. <laughs> you know who you are. That's right. Yes, exactly. But the rest of y'all, I mean that sincerely. So many, uh, Armstrong Eddie, wrapping up a, a grueling 20 year talk radio career, except we're not wrapping it up. So many people have thank. So little time. Everybody who's ever worked on the show, I mean, have been fantastic. One score and no years ago it started. We hope to do it for a long time. Uh, we'll see you soon. God bless America. This is,
2: uh,
1: And we really hope you forgive us for what we've done.
4: Thank you, and good night. <laughs> and
1: the
2: show's over. <coughs> what?
4: Bye bye.
2: Americans said, "Do we look like we want what's good for us?"
4: Armstrong and Getty, the voice of the West.
0: From LinkedIn News, I'm Jesse Hempel, host of the Hello Monday podcast. In my twenties, I knew what career success looked like.